Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 24 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. This episode is the last of four in which I explore the importance of attitude and how you respond to a crisis. The topic for this episode is outcome to process. Let's start by defining outcome attitude and process attitude. An outcome attitude focuses on the end result of a situation, like a crisis. In contrast, if you focus on what you need to do to produce the desired outcome, then you have a process attitude. There are a lot of misconceptions about the role of outcomes in overcoming a crisis. Of course, for sure, the end game is to produce a quote-unquote victory in the face of a crisis, whether it's recouping losses from a financial crash, recovering from a serious illness, finding a new job, or adjusting to parenthood. At the same time, the key question is, how do I go about getting that desired outcome? Ironically, the answer is not what you may think. I often ask people whether an outcome or process attitude would lead to a better outcome. Much to my surprise, most say an outcome attitude is better because it keeps their quote unquote eye on the prize and pushes them toward the result they want. I would suggest, however, that this outcome attitude actually hurts the progress toward a successful resolution rather than helping it. From an unknown source, hold the vision, trust the process. Let me explain what I see as the paradox of an outcome attitude. As I just noted, many people think that you need to focus on the results you want for you to reach those results. Ironically, having an outcome attitude actually reduces the chances that you will achieve the outcome that you want in a crisis. Here's why. First, overcoming a crisis is usually a long and sometimes painful journey. If you're focused on the outcome and not focused on the process, then you will lose sight of what you need to accomplish to progress from the onset of the crisis to its conclusion to produce the desired outcome. Second, the primitive instincts, emotions, and reactions that often lead to an undesired outcome are triggered by the fear of a bad outcome. More specifically, these emotions react to the crisis hurting you deeply in some way. The bottom line is that when you focus on the outcome, you're far less likely to get the outcome you want. Now that's not to say that there isn't a time and a place for checking on the outcome as you progress through the process of addressing a crisis. Reminding yourself of the positive resolution toward which you're striving can both inspire and motivate you and keep you focused on doing what you need to do. Also, realistically, the outcome in a crisis can be an evolving target that shifts as you, the situation, or the world around you changes. That was certainly the case with the COVID-19 crisis. You can use the morphing of the crisis to inform you on what you might need to do differently in the process in your plan and its execution. Here are two suggestions to help you shift your focus away from the outcome and onto the process. First, I encourage you to rarely think about the outcome. In an ideal world, I would like you to have almost an entirely process attitude and just check in on your desired outcome occasionally as a point of reference to your efforts. Taking a peek at the outcome also ensures that you're continuing to head in the right direction since the outcome can change. Second, I would love others around you to rarely talk about the outcome either. The fact is, there is no point. Once you've taken the steps to determine where you want to go when you're hit by a crisis, you know the desired outcome. You also know when you're making progress and you definitely know when you're not. If you're like most of us, when important people in your life assume an outcome attitude 
and are constantly talking about the end game. You can't help but be swept up in that sort of talk. Now here's where the real world collides with the ideal world that I wish existed. In the real world, results, outcomes do matter, especially in a crisis. It's not likely that you can just expunge the outcome from your mind, particularly when confronted by a crisis in which it seems like the outcome is really all that matters. As someone experiencing a crisis, you are playing a high stakes game in which you have set big goals for yourself, often directed toward a specific and difficult to achieve outcome. The odds are frequently stacked against you. So I can't expect you to not think about the end game in a crisis. In fact, let's assume that you're going to think about the desired outcome a lot, which makes sense to a degree because it gives you hope. At the same time, remember that thinking too much about the results, the outcome, especially at times when you need a laser focus on the process, actually hurts your chances of success because you're not focused on what you need to do to get the job done and find resolution to the crisis. So, your challenge is what to do when your mind becomes preoccupied with the outcome you want. There are several reasons why your mind fixates on outcomes. First, you may have always been obsessed with results in all aspects of your life, whether in school, sports, or at work. So an outcome attitude has become a deeply ingrained habit of your mind. Over time, this way of thinking has become hardwired into your brain's neurophysiology. Second, the people around you, whether family or friends, or resources such as physicians, financial planners, or attorneys may be continuing to communicate messages about results. For example, how often do you hear from well-meaning people, I just know you'll be cured, or your house that was destroyed by the wildfire will be rebuilt before you know it. It's difficult to think differently when you're constantly bombarded by messages from others about the outcome that they want. Third. In the face of a crisis, you too want that good outcome badly because to not get it could be traumatic or tragic. Finally, we live in an outcome-based world. Academic success measured by grades, athletic success is measured by wins, and corporate success is measured by revenue. We are surrounded by inherent messages that the outcome is what matters, which makes it easy to lose sight of the process. Let's see what we might be missing. From Henry David Thoreau, the essayist and philosopher, success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. With a process attitude, in contrast, you increase your chances of getting the outcome you want. The process is what you need to do to resolve the crisis. If you focus on the process, what are you most likely going to do? Well, precisely what needs to be done, because that's where you're focused. And if you do that, you're more likely to achieve the outcome in the crisis you wanted in the first place. A move from an outcome attitude to a process attitude in response to a crisis may require that you make a fundamental change in how you think about results. In doing so, you alter the way the end game impacts how you think, feel, and respond to a crisis, regardless of whether the outcome ends up being positive or negative. Making the shift from outcome attitude to process attitude is just like retraining a bad habit that you've engaged in for years. It involves commitment, effort, persistence, and patience. So let me share with you a process you can go through to help you move from an outcome attitude to a process attitude. First, understand outcome and process attitudes. 
you must first gain an understanding of why you're making the shift. As I hope I've convinced you, an outcome attitude hurts your efforts overcoming a crisis in many ways that include how you think about it, the emotions you experience, the decisions you make, and how you ultimately respond. In contrast, a process attitude will directly help your efforts to achieve your crisis goals by producing purposeful thinking, emotions, decisions, and reactions that encourage intentional and focused efforts. If you really believe in these differences, it will provide you with a clear rationale and a strong incentive to make this shift from outcome attitude to process attitude. From William James, the philosopher and psychologist, it is our attitude at the beginning of a difficult task, which more than anything else will affect its successful outcome. Next, recognize outcome attitude moments. Your outcome attitude will probably arise most often in common situations, such as when a crisis first emerges, the magnitude of the crisis hits you, recognition of its consequences sink in, and especially when you feel overwhelmed, stressed, or upset about the crisis. These times are those forks in the road that I discussed early on in Crisis to Opportunity. You can't take a different road if you don't see the fork. You should have your mental radar on when you're approaching those situations in which your outcome attitude is most likely to get activated. With this recognition, you'll be in a position to make the positive shift to take the good fork from outcome attitude to process attitude. Steve Jobs, the co-founder of Apple, was asked to walk away from the company he helped build after making what seemed to be a decision driven by his own ego rather than what was best for the company. At a speech he gave at Stanford University many years later, Jobs referred to his departure from Apple as one of the greatest things that could have happened to him because the lack of pressure to perform allowed for the time and energy to be creative, which of course led to all the amazing Apple products that he designed and developed. Now I want to talk about pink elephants and blue hippos. Let me explain. It would be great if I could simply tell you not to think about the potential outcomes of a crisis and you would stop your outcome attitude, but that just isn't how it works. In fact, the more I tell you not to think about the outcome, the more you're going to think about the outcome. Here's another way to look at it. I don't want you to think about a pink elephant. What did you think about? The pink elephant, of course. If I keep repeating, don't think about a pink elephant, don't think about a pink elephant, you will continue to think about that pink elephant. In fact, it will gain a hold in your mind that will be difficult to release. So it's basically impossible to not think about something when you're told not to think about it. Instead, the solution is to think about something else because we are incapable of thinking about two things at once. Let's try a variation of the pink elephant scenario. I want you to think about a blue hippo. What did you think about? Well, the blue hippo, obviously. What did you not think about? Gee the pink elephant. Now wasn't that easy? Of course it's easier to make the shift from pink elephant to blue hippo than from outcome attitude to process attitude when you're in the middle of a crisis. But the basic road is the same. When your outcome attitude begins to take control of your thinking, you must first recognize it and then consciously refocus onto a process attitude. Specifically, thinking something like, what can I do to take steps toward resolving the crisis, rather than I can't wait for this to be over. Additionally, as I just mentioned, part of the challenge of letting go of an outcome attitude 
and embracing a process attitude involves resisting the forces that exist in your world that keep you preoccupied with the outcome. To help with this, take time to identify the people, such as family and friends, and cultural forces, for example, social media, that keep pulling you toward an outcome focus. Your goal is to remove, limit, or even ignore those messages. This is challenging because you can't change your friends and family. And realistically, you're probably not going to stop using social media. There are, however, a few things you can do. First, ask the people closest to you and to whom you see as key to your support system to stop talking about any possible outcomes of the crisis, whether good or bad. Explain to them why encouraging a process attitude will help you achieve the outcome you and they want more than a constant focus on outcomes. Second, realize that those closest to you who are talking about outcomes are making a well-intentioned effort to support you, even though it's a bit misguided. With this in mind, try to focus on the underlying message of what they're saying, how much they care about you, and their desire for you to get through this crisis unscathed, instead of paying attention to the overt message about results. Third, if you feel like social media is more of a hindrance than a help, then do your best to stay away from it that discusses your crisis, particularly if it's shared by many people. Continuing to follow crisis-related social media will only increase your absorption in the crisis and prevent you from maintaining control over your own thinking and emotions about the crisis. The bottom line is that the more you can reduce the messages that reinforce your outcome attitude, the easier it will be to embrace a process attitude. Now, like any sort of change, making this shift requires commitment, effort, time, perseverance, and patience. And at first, it will be a real struggle because you will be pushing against deeply ingrained thinking and emotional habits while continuing to hear unhelpful messages about the crisis from others. But just like retraining a bad habit, the more you shift away from an outcome attitude and see and embrace the benefits of a process attitude, the easier it will become because it's self-reinforcing. In time, you will retrain your old, unproductive outcome attitude into a new and helpful process attitude that will serve you extremely well as you continue your journey toward a positive resolution to the crisis. From David Weatherford, the psychologist and author, when faced with a challenge, look for a way, not a way out. Another helpful strategy in response to a crisis is to stay in the now. When a crisis arises in your life, it's easy to go down the road of bad times. If you dwell on what already happened with a crisis, you may become overwhelmed with hopelessness, doubt, and worry. You can get stuck on the road from the past and begin to enact this woulda, coulda, shoulda feedback loop that will only add insult to the injury of the crisis. This dark road of thinking will also take you down a painful road of emotions filled with disappointment, frustration, anger, and regret. Not only do these emotions make you feel bad, but they hurt your motivation, confidence, and focus as you attempt to navigate the crisis. Carrying the past on your shoulders directly interferes with the psychology and physiology you need to constructively address the crisis in the present. So let go of the past. Similarly, the future is no better place to dwell in the past when you're dealing with a crisis. Thinking about what might happen can range from dreaming of the ideal outcome to being immersed in the nightmare of the worst case scenario. Regardless if you're focused on positive or negative possibilities, 
The future brings the burden of expectation that acts as a weight on your shoulders when you need to be light and agile during a crisis. In these moments, an outcome attitude may take hold of you. Your focus will shift to the results you want, which causes you to worry about achieving them and feel fear about the consequences of failure. The future distracts you from staying focused on what you're doing in the present, and like the past, causes a psychology and a physiology that makes a successful future less likely. An attitude that focuses on the present sets the stage for you to be prepared as possible to confront a crisis head-on in the moment. Here's a simple question to ask yourself if you start to go down the roads of the past or the future. What do I need to do now to respond positively to this crisis? This question is so powerful for several reasons. First, it pulls your mind away from the past and future and directs it onto the present. Second, it encourages you to focus on what actions you can take in the now, the present, to resolve the crisis. Third, this action orientation will give you confidence and energize you because you're not carrying the weight of the past or the future on your shoulders. You're also taking steps that you have control over because all you can control is the present and that will best prepare you to give your best effort in the now, which will result in the best possible outcome to the crisis in the future. From John Kabat-Zinn, the mindfulness expert, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn how to surf. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 24 of Crisis to Opportunity, and be on the lookout for episode 25 in the near future.